Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. It's the radio show where you can get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. I'm Dave Alexander. This is Dr. Franklin Weefald. Hello, sir. Hello. How you doing? Uh, good. Good B- day today. Busy week, I imagine. Uh, all the patients who were afraid to come to the office yeah. are coming. Oh, now. And they're not tuned up, as we say. Tune them up. You- and so I've been doing a lot of tuning this week. And yet, people don't realize that brain activity mm-hmm. takes a lot of calories. Really? Well, and the other thing it does is it promotes, as you use your brain, there are chemicals that are poisons to the brain that are byproducts. That's right. why we need sleep. Right. Because during deep sleep, all those chemicals are washed away. Right. So <laughs> I'm telling you, I had a brain full of chemicals, and I mean bad chemicals. Yeah, not, yeah, not yeah. Not the exogenous or the ones you take. No, no, no. But I, by the end of the day, <laughs> I'm fried. So it's normal for that. Yeah. Okay. All right. But, but, but remember, brain activity wears you out just like physical activity. We're going to talk on today's show about hydrochloroquine. Did I say it right? Yeah. Good. You got it. Was there or was there not a pandemic playbook left by the previous administration? Does coronavirus cause heart damage or is it a something that just goes along with it? We'll find out in just a bit, but we're going to start... Uh, today's show with Dr. Steve Layer. Now, Dr. Layer is with Triangle Vascular Associates, which is a part of Azura Vascular Care. Uh, Dr. Layer, good to have you on the show. Hi. Thank you for having me and uh, the opportunity to talk today. Uh, you're welcome. Well, hey, I finally get a chance to talk to you. I've sent you some patients, and uh, I'm, I'm really interested in the concept of your practice, because it's so different. I mean, you got a freestanding place where you actually do the kind of procedures that, up until a few years ago, were confined to hospitals. Like, what do you do? Well, I'm a I'm trained as a vascular interventional radiologist, so I perform fairly invasive procedures on patients, and we run a clinical practice, so we it's a full uh, clinical service, so. We evaluate patients, we do the history and physical, uh, the procedures are performed if they're necessary, and then we provide longitudinal care so we follow the patients after, you know, in our outpatient setting. Yeah, and and Uh, so the the great thing is suppose you've got a hunk of cholesterol in your leg and you're having discomfort in the leg and they do the right studies to show that your blood flow is not great, then they can go see Dr. Lair and he can talk to them. And then in the office, not in the hospital, but yeah. in the office, they have the fluoroscopy machines and all the other things that radio, you know, that invasive radiologists have, and and cardiologists too. Right. And they can do it right there in the office, and so they can put the balloon in and put the stent in. And I think that's one of the great things about your practice is that it's not confined to a hospital setting. Yes, um, I've been in the hospital setting for many years. I've been practicing for over 20 years. Most of the things we do in our office were done 
as you said, in the hospital. And really, I look at it almost like a one-stop shop. You know, the patient can be referred to us. They get into our system very quickly, quicker than at least when I was in the hospital. Uh, we can evaluate them. We have an imaging lab, a vascular lab at our office. So we can, you know, if we need to, to go that route with more imaging, I can, I can determine what the problem is. And then we can, we can treat most of the patients in the office outpatient setting uh, for, the, for the most part. So, yeah. um, so some of the things you do, I think a lot of your business must be associated with the patients on dialysis. And I think a lot of people don't know when you've got a kidney replacement therapy like a dialysis machine. Right. Where they wash your blood out um, in the dialysis center to replace the kidney that's failed. They have to have a access. And that is a, a, a vascular surgeon creates a new vein called an arterial venous connection. And then they can stick those big needles in there once they're matured and draw the blood out to clean it and put it back when it's clean. All right. My dad had a series of he had that yeah. done he he had a weird sort of pulse right on his wrist yes is that what we're talking that's about? what we're talking about we do this at this center doctor well no, what Lair? happens is they they don't work all the time oh okay. so they send them to dr Lair. how many of those do you end up doing well we do probably uh 10 to 15 of those procedures a day wow <laughs> um so it's it's a pretty active business these patients you know this is their lifeline so um they can't they need dialysis three times a week, and if it's not working, then that's, that's obviously life-threatening. So keeping these things functioning is, is really critical, and that's the other benefit in our centers. We can get people in the same or next day right away. Right, and so this away. is, you don't actually cut and sew on these um, these vascular structures. You can use balloons, is that right? Yeah, everything is done, it's called endovascular, minimally invasive. There's no, um, we don't actually perform the fistula creations there, that's in the, in the the hospital setting still, or the ambulatory setting, but we can do we, most of the maintenance and the uh, the maturation of these fistulas, we call them, uh, is done in our in the office setting or outpatient setting. Yeah, the the other thing I think that's exciting, um, people have a lot of vein problems nowadays. We we talked about that varicose vein where the rooster pecked her and she bled to death. Oh okay, my gosh, those big yes. ropes. You can fix those things too, right? Yes, we treat the whole scope of vascular or vein, venous disease, so everything from the smaller cosmetic things to the larger uh, varicose veins in the legs and the deep veins, and even veins internally in the pelvis. People get pelvic venous insufficiency problems, men get varicoceles, things like that. Yeah. They're, um, they're treated all, all as an outpatient. What, yeah. what about, do you, do you do that thing called uterine ablation when you have a lot of bleeding? You can actually go up into the leg and find the artery and, and get rid of the artery. Do you guys do that, too, in the office? Uh, yeah, it's actually called uterine fibroid embolization. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a procedure. It's been around for, you know, over 25 years, it's been, it's been, and I've been doing these about 21 years, so it's been a long time. And we've been doing these actually in the outpatient office for the last 11 years, so no hospitalization. It's the same day, very... Uh, very quick procedure, very efficacious in terms of bleeding and yeah. bulk-related symptoms. Patients do really well. Great. Well, listen, Triangle Vascular Associates, Dr. Stephen Lair, and he's part of Azura, and I think they, I've sent him patients, and they all, they've all done well. Thanks for being on the show, and we'll have you again sometime soon. No problem. Anytime. Thank you for the opportunity. Thank okay. you. Why are we getting all these problems with our 
vascular you know the blood flow okay so the arteries well no the arteries are cholesterol buildup okay Okay. so that's just like the arteries to the heart you get a a hunk of fat in the in the blood vessel right and that's a simplistic way of of telling about it but then you know like in the leg arteries they can use a balloon and a stent to hold it open they put it in through the leg and it's the same thing they do in the heart sometimes you gotta bypass the legs too you gotta make a new connection and so the surgeons do that in the hospital. But if you need a stent or a balloon, now on your legs, um, not on the heart, but in the legs, you can have that done in an outpatient setting in a separate freestanding office like Triangle Vascular Associates. Ten minutes of the show and we didn't talk about COVID. What? Yeah. There was a virus? There's something about <laughs> hydro. Yeah, I, next time I work on a contract with a radio station, I want to own the word hydrochloroquine yeah. so that whenever anybody says it i get a quarter yeah well there's it, a lot of news being, about that this it's week it's being uh said less and less um the thing i will say this i don't know for sure whether hydroxychloroquine works i don't mm-hmm. but i disagree with how they're interpreting the major study and so Dr. Fauci, who I love and I think he's a great guy, mm-hmm. I disagree with him on this because when you actually look at that study, and it's what we talk about, you take 10,000 people, you divide half of them by a coin flip, you give half the drug, and you give half the placebo. Right. You have to design the trial based on a guess of how many people are going to die. Mm-hmm. So you guess that 10% are going to die, and then you run the statistician through And you say, how many patients do I have to have in order to prove that there's a 30% reduction in death? And then they give you a number of patients you have to Mm -hmm. have. The problem with the study that everybody's mentioning that was a double-blind, randomized trial, they didn't have enough patients. Okay, So if you look at the data, there were 15% that went bad in the placebo arm and about 10% that went bad in the hydroxychloroquine arm. That looks pretty good. That's a 33% reduction in going bad. Except we didn't have enough people. Right. And so when you run the statistics, they say, what's the possibility this was random? And it's called the p-value. <laughs> and the p-value should be one out of 20 chances it's random, right. then we believe it. This was three out of 10 chances or 30 out of 100 chances. So they said it didn't work. My interpretation is it showed a trend but yeah. alas and alack, yeah. we didn't have enough patience. That's how you truly interpret it, not that it didn't work. Now, if you're a regular listener to this radio program and you're saying, wow, I heard that like three weeks ago. Yeah, that's exactly the point. One of the weird things that happens is that we talk about something because you're reading and medical three journals. Weeks later. It's on NBC. And it may or may not be a correct interpretation. We've got some things coming up in the shame segment, which – are interpretations of news, and it was a wrong interpretation, but we think anyway. That's coming up in just a moment. Also, uh, was there a pandemic playbook, heart damage, and doggies on the show? You know I love dogs. Oh, sure, you do. Heart Health Radio. Telephone number here is 919-860-9783. Call right now. You'll be on the show. The shame segment is brought to you by Evelyn Champagne King 
and the world of disco from the 70s. Absolutely. Dr. Franklin Weefald is here on Heart Health Radio. Who's in the shame category today? All right, numero uno. We talk about white rice, not eating it because it's good for you, bad for you and no. everything. Well, now we're going to talk about another type of rice. Who? Susan Rice. Oh, yeah. And, you know, shame on you. I mean, I know the libs have now adopted Dr. Fauci, and rightly or wrongly, as their friendly uncle expert, we believe him and love him. Yeah. So she gets up because she wants to be vice president, right? I mean, she's pulling for this vice presidency. Okay. And she said, we in the Obama administration gave Trump a pandemic, this is a quote, pandemic for dummies playbook. Okay. Oh, yeah. And they didn't follow it. Okay. Guess who? It must be the numero uno dummy. Oh. She's saying Fauci. Remember, everybody out there, the liberal Democrats want you to believe that Trump didn't follow Fauci. Mm -hmm. He followed Fauci, except for one situation, when Fauci criticized the travel ban. Right. But everything that went through in the beginning, the lockdown, the initial thinking that we didn't need a lockdown, everything went to Fauci. Right. So if you want to blame anybody for not following the Obama pandemic for dummies playbook, numero uno is Fauci. Now, the president is also in our shame segment today. Yes. Because he said something. You know, here's the thing that I wish they would do is take away his Twitter. Yes. And and the problem with all this mess going on in the whole country with mm-hmm. the with the you know and this has to do with COVID because mail in balloting. Now I'm not smart enough to know how they can make sure mail in balloting is not bad and not fraudulent. I mean mm-hmm. can you have somebody go around and take all the ballots out of the mailbox mailbox and check them off for one person? I don't know. No. But when you say, like Trump said, maybe we ought to delay the election, which is, I mean, a playing into the hands of his enemies and creating another freaky you know, thing to think about, shame on you, President Trump. Now, I still love you, but shame on you. We've got Bobby on the line. How you doing, Bobby? What's your hometown? Uh, I live in Carborough. Carborough, great. Good love to it. hear from you. What's going there. on today? I really enjoyed the show, and I've listened to it, uh, and there was one segment you had about sleep, and I have the issue with sleeping. I'm not sleeping very, very well. That's okay. Bobby, you've got a problem with feet? Sleep. 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 Oh, my gosh, yes. Sleep's one of my favorite things to do, and also one of my favorite medical topics. Uh, I've tried numerous things. I, you know, cut everything off, I sit in the dark for you right. know, a while before going to bed, but I cannot get my mind down, and I okay. wonder if the doctor has any recommendations. Yes. So He's in other words, a lot your of mind things. is right. racing. I lay down and this thing goes in the high gear. Sure. Absolutely. Um, do you eat late at night before you go to bed? I'm sorry? Do you eat? Do you, do you have like a snack before you go to bed, or do you eat on the couch, you know, chewing snacks while you're going to bed, before you go to bed? No. Okay, good. That's number one thing you don't want to do. You also don't want to have any water in your system. If you're having a sleeping problem, don't drink water or fluids. Say after if you go to bed at 11, don't do it for three hours beforehand. Okay. Do you have a stressful life? I mean, is life such that you can't stop thinking about problems in your life? 
Uh, yes, it's stressful. Yeah. All right. This is what I'm going to recommend. Okay. And 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 this is this the things to start with before you go to medications. And I'm talking about you know uh, the sleeping pills, you know, mm-hmm. Ambien stuff like that. You may need that, but what you want to do first is get in a situation where you can get relaxed. I'm going to recommend something Hmm. is take a warm bath. Sit back. Let that mind go to ease and focus on the pleasure of having a warm bath before you go to bed. And that sometimes helps. Now, believe it or not, warm milk helps. And that's an old wives' tale. It's not. Tryptophan is in warm milk. And it really helps. Now, have you tried melatonin? Uh, yes. Okay. What? How much should you take? Uh, a little bit. Okay. So, melatonin is a natural compound. Mm-hmm. And I think it works. I mean, there have been several studies that have shown that it works. And what melatonin does is it gets into the part of the brain that helps it shut down to go to sleep. And the problem is if you take a melatonin pill takes about an hour to get in your system. Mm-hmm. If you get the melatonin gummies, and those are the chewy things that are like candy, you can take a melatonin gummy. Now, everybody's dose is different. My dog walker, Audra, takes a milligram, and she's gone for the One night. One milligram is very little. Right. I, when I need to sleep, I take 10 milligrams. Okay. And that's two gummies, two five-milligram gummies. And you take them, you chew on them, you go to bed, and two things you don't want to do before you go to bed is watch TV or read. What you want to do is take that hot bath, relax, <laughs> dry yourself off, get in your yeah. favorite pajamas, get a pillow that's soft, make sure your bed is is not too hot, not too cold, and then take your melatonin, put your head on the pillow, and then, I mean, don't count sheep, but think about the place where you like to be the best. Now, for me, that's Nantucket on the beach. Yeah. Okay? And so that's what I try to do. And I have a very stressful life, uh, except on Saturdays from noon to one. Amen. That's where I get rid of my stress. That's right. But it's tough. Now, the other thing is, do you snore? No. Okay. Sleep apnea, believe it or not, can make it so you don't want to fall asleep. Okay? Your body is dreading that. Yep. So let's try these things. Call us back and let me know if you need to have a sleep medicine. It's not necessarily such a bad thing because there are conditions like periodic limb movement disorder where your legs can't stop moving. But you really do need a medicine. And we'll talk about that next time. Okay. Thank you, Bobby. Have a great day, Bobby. I'll try that. Thank you. God bless. I appreciate it. See, you know, you believe in chemicals. Yeah, but, I believe in chemicals when chemicals are necessary. Right. I believe in what works. But there's a whole bunch of things you can do before you go and right. get that. And, and I definitely recommend those first. There's a terrible side effect to this ambient stuff. When I say well, terrible. It, in certain individuals. In certain individuals, Mixed they get with up alcohol and, is worse. They drive the car and they end up in another town. Yeah. You, you remember uh, the Kennedy guy, the yeah. young Kennedy yeah, yeah, guy yeah. who was a congressman. He has... You know, he's, I can say this because he's talked about it, right. okay? He's got some you know, psychiatric conditions, and he couldn't sleep, was taking Ambien. He even admitted he mixed it with alcohol. They, he wound up in front of the Capitol r- driving his car right. at 3 in the morning, getting arrested, and had no idea where he was. Right. And didn't when he finally 
woke up in the jail, he said, what am I doing here? You know? So that's why I don't recommend you ask your doctor for sleeping pills until you've tried everything else. And then I recommend everybody who has problems either falling asleep or staying awake to have a sleep study. And we'll talk about that next time. Okay. We're also going to talk to Rose Hoban of the North Carolina Health News dot org that's the website and we're going to talk about the outer banks we're going to talk about the coast and we've got uh, honestly we're going to we're going to announce some good things for the show coming up in the next couple of minutes because we think that the best thing for the heart health radio network is to actually spread our wings and appear on other radio stations. Well, we, th- we think I've been calling it the North Carolina New or North Carolina Radio or sorry the Heart Health Radio Network. Finally, we're going to get around to adding stations. Well, and you know we are a network already when you think about it. Right it's, on the internet, on right. Apple Podcasts, and we're excited. Very good. By the way, you can listen to this broadcast uh, a little bit later today on uh, hearthealthradio.com or listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts. This is the Heart Health Radio Network. Now back to Heart Health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio where we help you get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation. Dave Alexander, I am the MC. Here we have the MD across the table from me. Social the MC is wearing a shirt full of peaches. Now that, yeah, it's got little peaches on You're not from Georgia. No, my wife picks all, all my clothes. I should just say that. Wish y'all could see this. She does all this. The shirt is covered with peaches. Rose Hoban from <laughs> NorthCarolinaHealthNews.org. And I encourage everybody, after you hear Rose... Maybe after the show's done, go to that website. Hi, Rose. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We have on our mind this week hurricane preparations. Now, I have mm-hmm. deliberately decided not to learn how to pronounce the, the newest storm. And we're not going to talk about something that's that's uh, like just to do with this storm. What is the state putting together if we have to evacuate some people? They have actually a new, um, uh, well, it's a website, it's Know Your Zone, and it's uh, it's predetermined evacuation zones right. to help with the coastal evacuation process in case there's an emergency. Um, we wrote a story about a couple weeks ago, because you, know, you could say we were prescient, but it was sort of like we knew it was going to come, right? Yeah. So the story was what could happen if the pandemic and a major hurricane collide. Right. So we've got some resources in there and all the coastal counties, like 20 coastal counties. For each county, the state has established evacuation zones that are based on the flood maps and um, and other you know things that have happened in the past, you know where where streams go and how the where the roads are. So you can see if you go if you go to the Know Your Zone site and you click on it, you can see like, oh man, I'm in the red zone if or they, I'm in the green zone. But Rose, if they evacuate a zone, the typical plan is to put everybody, you know, fill up a gym. Yeah, are they going to put X's on the floor where you know, like six feet apart, and you sit here and then hand out masks, and then you know anybody who sneezes gets a ruler across the 
the, the wrist. I mean, <laughs> they, what are their plans for that? I mean, that's what I want to know. What are they going to do? They are going to hand out masks, but what they're but this year, what they're saying is, you know, they're always they're always encouraging people to prepare, right? And Dr. Weasel, you you and I know that the patients don't always prepare, right? So, um, uh, so they are encouraging people to prepare and see, like, hey. Do you have a friend or a family member who's further inland who can be a place okay. to go? That's a great idea. Rather yeah. than go to a shelter, yeah. <laughs> they are they're finding hotels because all these hotels and motels, many of them are really vacant right now. So That's a good idea. They're, they're they're finding places like that. College dormitories. If you're symptomatic. They've got some college dormitories at a shelter. That's a great idea because these colleges are empty. They can make some money off of that from right, the government. Right. So you know, you show up and you're sneezing and you're feverish, and they're like, <laughs> "No, you're going to a college dorm." Yeah. So they've got a bunch of things, and they're not going to have those the shelters that are congregate. They're going to have them uh, more of them and fewer people. Yeah. Per shelter is X marks the spot. Stand here, don't move. Something else on the website about the uh, just the season, the summer on the Outer Banks, and I'm sure it goes for you know the other parts of the eastern North Carolina. We're in a different kind of economic situation on the OBX. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's funny because you know in the in April and May when the bridges were closed and there was a ban on people who are non-resident owners. The, the thought was, oh, my God, this season's going to be a total bust. And as soon as they open those bridges, boom, yeah. it's like 99.9% occupancy. Wow. And so they're really full, but there's, you know, there's not that many restaurants open. There are no bars open. They're really encouraging people to space out on the beaches. They're driving along the beaches, and they're, you know, they're saying, hey, why don't you go a little further apart there? Yeah, um, they're encouraging masks, and but they have had like a, just under half of the cases in Dare County, which is uh, one of the places that puts their numbers up on the public health website. Just under half their cases have been folks who are non-residents. Yeah, well, so I'm I'm glad that had, they like, a big outbreak. There was a big party with a bunch of young people. Yeah. That's the key thing now: young people at parties and. Other people at flea markets. Let's get those shut down. Rose, thank you very much. I appreciate you being on the show today. All right, take care. The uh, radio show is called Heart Health Radio. We have been talking about the Heart Health Radio Network. Yeah. We are going to expand very quickly. In fact, today's broadcast is going to be on WGBR in Goldsboro. Radio. And beyond that, we're going to be there and many more places. Yeah, we, we want to get the word out because I think the concept of our show, uh, and I'll say this because uh, we have really stressed um, to get the get knowledge that you can understand and get the information in a way that you can make decisions for yourself. Right. And to know that you can take this information and discuss it with your physician. Wonderful. Yeah. Okay, so – uh, the only thing I can say is, if you're within the sound of my voice, and apparently you are, this is your telephone number for now, 919-860-9783, any time of the day or night. Call that. They'll get a message to me. You'll be on the radio show. But if you're, we're doing the show now, 
go ahead and call now, 919-860-9783. If I get COVID because I've got a pre-existing heart condition, am I'm at a greater risk because of getting really sick. Right. Not just a pre-existing heart condition, but people who've never had a heart condition and get COVID and have a certain genetic predisposition to get really sick. Yes. It's not just the lungs. The heart can get damaged. And we're going to, you know, just just understand that. It's not that unusual for a viral infection to cause heart damage. And this is what survivors yeah. are going to be facing. Right. So one of the big – the biggest cause of congestive heart failure – is damage to the heart muscle by a heart attack where the blood gets cut off right. and the heart can't pump. Right. Another is something that we call a post-viral cardiomyopathy. And what is that? Viruses can infect tissues, any kind of tissue. Right. And COVID and other viruses can infect heart tissue. Mm-hmm. What we've talked about is that COVID sickness is not the infection itself. It's what the body, your individual body, does to try to fight the infection. Right. So you've heard on the radio and you've heard on TV, cytokine storm. So if you have a certain type of body and you overreact to the virus, then it can happen in the heart. Yeah. And you have all this inflammation. Now, what's inflammation? That's the goop yeah. that you see in a cut because the immune cells are bursting after they fought the infection. That sure. happens in tissue. That's what's happening in your lung when you go in a ventilator. Well, it can happen in the heart. And when that happens in the heart, the heart muscle gets weak. Yes. It can't pump, and you get what's called a cardiomyopathy. Now, a third of the time, it heals itself and gets better. Mm-hmm. A third of the time, it doesn't get better. And a third of the time, you don't do good. Right. Now, when you read that a bunch of people have been found to have the virus or evidence of the virus infection in their heart, Right, that's not unusual for a viral infection. It's okay. the rarity of getting the myocarditis and the heart failure, and that's extremely rare. So if you've gotten COVID and you're having a cough, yeah. and they, you know, if they could test your heart, you probably have the virus in your heart. So don't worry about it because you're going to clear it up. And once you clear your lungs up, you're going to clear your heart up too. There's some doctors who have started to create what they call a do-it-yourself vaccine. I think it's awesome. You do? Yes. Listen. We, the, we joked had, last week. We about have do-it-yourself stuff right. in medicine. Do-it-yourself artificial pancreases. Yeah. They're working. Okay. Millions. Now, man, billions, but you know, a lot of people, I like to just say a lot, are now controlling their type 1 diabetes with these artificial pancreases they read the sugar produce the right amount of insulin give it to you yeah well now they're do-it-yourself coronavirus vaccines and what they what they've done these smart people know what the spike you've heard spike protein it's a collection of amino acids that stick out of the coronavirus okay and that we respond to right uh and cause an antibody and kill it yeah they've created them in the lab it's not that hard okay you have a machine that creates strings of amino acids into proteins. Sure. The proteins automatically assume the position based on the, the number of amino acids or the, 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 the order of amino acids. Once you put them all together, uh-huh. you stand back and it's like a spring. Boing. And that's your spike protein. Yes. So they make a ton of these things. Yeah. 
and they put them on little silicon ships, teeny weeny things. Right. And you snort them. No. Yes. And they stay up in your nose? Yes, I I heard that. Yes, thank you. That's the sound of an auto vaccine going up your schnoz. And they claim it's going to work. Now, I don't know enough about whether or not it's going to be studied in the right way. But you know who's doing it? No. All these scientists who study COVID. They're doing it. They say, all right, I'm going to get myself a vaccine. Wow. So I don't get it. And this may, you know, the flu vaccine comes in a schnoz method. Did you know that? Well, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, it's called flu zone or something like that. Sure. And you can snort it up your nose. Yes. And then those things get absorbed through the nose and gives you a vaccine. Uh huh. I tried it one year. Yeah. Thought I was going to die. Really? It stung my nose so bad. Now, that doesn't happen to everybody. Yeah. So just so you know, there are people out there who are really, really smart. They can do it themselves. You don't need Pfizer's $20 billion lab to do this. Okay. And you don't need Silicon Valley to create your own um, insulin uh, pump or yeah. artificial pancreas. Now, do not do this at home unless you know how to make <laughs> proteins. Right. Don't decide... Any old proteins, you know, look, the protein that's in a protein shake is not what I'm talking about. Don't snort whey protein. I'm saying this is how great America is. These people are so smart and they can do it themselves. Now, that might be on the market in the future. Who sure, knows? Sure. I was told that these scientists have, they're communicating with other scientists, and this is like public yeah. knowledge. They're, they're not taking. Oh, they're not taking it. money for it. Not taking money. Yeah, they put it on the internet. This is how you do it if you have the equipment. And you know what? The FDA can't stop them. As right. long as they're not taking money for it, you can yeah. do anything else you want to your body. Well, I... But uh, you can't prescribe it. No, no, no. You no. can say, here it is. Do what you want with the knowledge. Right, right. Yeah. Well, I want you to know I put $2,000 down on a used Winnebago. <laughs> so we're... <laughs> We're going into the cooking company. We're, we're going to start it. It's not like math or it's anything. Not, no, like it doesn't that. have to be exactly like math. And we're scientists. Yeah. We can we yeah. can do this. All right. Telephone number 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Coming up, our shout-outs and the rest of the program. Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. You know you make me wanna kick my heels up and throw my hands up and throw my head back This is Heart Health Radio, and we are shouting out some people who did some good things or whose life lives were good. Were just wonderful, yeah. even though they're they're now not yeah. with us. I was going to vote for Herman Cain. Nine nine nine. That was the tax thing, where nine percent personal income tax, nine percent uh, sales tax, etc. Yeah. And yeah. I liked him. He's a very intelligent. Uh, eloquent man. I mm-hmm. think the most important thing is he started out in a, a not so wealthy situation. He, he went to a um, what are those called? Traditional black college. Yeah, Morehouse. HBAC. And he got a degree in math, and then he got a master's degree, and he became a businessman. People don't realize. I think he worked his way up, and he became the head of Godfather's Pizza. Wow. And he rescued it from oblivion. And then he became a national talk show host. Right. And he became a presidential candidate. 
And I think that his life documents what's great about America is that mm-hmm. if you set your mind to it and you play by the rules and you do what you know, you're supposed to do to better yourself, you can become incredibly successful. Mm-hmm. And he died of COVID. And of course, the liberal media doesn't say what a great man Herman Cain was. They say he went to Tulsa where we told Trump not to have a meeting, mm-hmm. a rally, and he died. Well, just so you know, everybody who was in the close-in area of President Trump was tested the day of Tulsa. Right. And so nobody he was around had a positive test. Right. He didn't get it from Tulsa. He's a frequent traveler. He said that he didn't know where he got it, but he had risk factors, and he was a great human being, a great American. And I just want everybody to know, um, Google him. Get on the, get on your phone and read about his life. It's incredibly expire, inspiring. Somebody else who just passed away. Well, you know, when I grew up, there was something called the the gorgeous ladies of wrestling glow. Yes. You remember yeah. that? Yeah. In fact, there's a Netflix, I think, series yeah, 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 about that. But yeah. sure, this is somebody my favorite. Yeah, Sally, the farmer's daughter. Really? Yeah. Yeah. She was wholesome in a certain sense. Uh huh. Uh, her costume was anti-wholesome. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well. But she was fun and, and she was entertaining. Um, she had a great attitude. And you know what wrestling is now. I mean, it's it's cartoonish. Mm-hmm. Um, she got colon cancer. It, it metastasized and spread to the liver. And, you know, one of the things that she said was, is that, you know, get take care of your health. Get a mm-hmm. colonoscopy mm-hmm. when you're age 50. If you Like me, I had polyps. And so I get one every two years. And take out some more polyps. And I don't know what her situation was in terms of her colonoscopies and stuff, but she was also a great person, a great American. Yeah. Because what, I mean, what is more American than professional wrestling? <laughs> right? Think, I'm thinking the hot dog eating contest, maybe? Well, yeah. I mean, this yeah. is what's great. And so these two people we shouted out today, um, obviously they had medical problems and, and passed away. Um, but they represented what's great about America. And um, I just want people to know that this country is so fantastic. Don't listen to what you're hearing. Mm-hmm. Look at the individuals that you see who have led great lives yes. and, and learn about their illnesses because, you know, their examples of how they dealt with their illnesses are, are one thing. But also you can learn a lot about how to help yourself. I did not have my exam Come like, on. Now, listen. I had the exam. What were you afraid of? I had the exam, which is, as we've discussed on the program, is called the digital exam. Yeah, as opposed to the analog exam. It is absolutely the most analog exam you'll analog. ever get. Analog. Yeah, I get it. But listen. Okay, what are people afraid of? With oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah. Yeah. What are people afraid of? What? And colonoscopy. They don't want to drink that stuff. I didn't even and consider And then you sit on the toilet for, you know, 12 hours. Yeah. Talk to your gastroenterologist. Yeah. There's so many ologists. There is a way to do it without having to drink so much. And, and mm-hmm. it's not, quote, unquote, approved, but it works. And mm-hmm. the reason why people don't promote it is because all the stuff, go lightly, half lightly, the seawater that mm-hmm. you drink, mm-hmm. it's expensive. And it is prescription. But if you look on the Internet, there is a, 
um, way to have a colon prep that is Gatorade and Miralax yeah. and an over-the-counter um, laxative. It costs you about $5. So I need to shop around for a physician who's willing to do that? And ask the physician how to do it. Right. Don't do it on your own. Make sure it's under the supervision of the physician because certain people should not do it. Certain people with certain medical conditions like diabetes, you okay. don't want to do Gatorade yeah, okay. that's full of sugar. But I do mine every time with the Gatorade Miralax Prep. I, yes. I want you to ask your doctor if that's good for you because it was basically two bottles of Gatorade, not big bottles of mm-hmm. Gatorade, and a couple of pills. And I was clean as a whistle, as they say. Thank you for sharing. And they found my whistle. Yes. <laughs> I, wondered I, where find, the, I don't remember what I did with it. Did they find all that gum you've been swallowing over the years? No, and, they didn't. And my, my old car keys to my Volvo. <laughs> car keys. All right. Let's talk but about the other thing. Uh, the other we, thing they're no, worried about. Yeah. Do I have time? <laughs> this, is, this is okay. The other you thing know, they're worried about. I could tell him that he's out of time and we'll change the subject. Yeah, I want to finish. You don't okay. be afraid of the actual procedure. Yeah. Um, they'll put you to sleep. And a lot of patients are now getting propofol administered by an, an anesthesiologist or a nurse anesthetist. Yes. I went to sleep. Yes. I woke up, didn't feel a thing. And that's the truth about a colonoscopy. Okay. Don't be afraid of a colonoscopy. Doggies. Doggies. Well, you know, listen, I've got two huge dogs. In fact, I think when Mike first came to my office to talk about the show, yes. he told you I was crazy because I had a 180-pound black dog. They're Newfoundland. In the office. Right. Yes. Well, that's it. he doesn't come to the office anymore. But, okay. You know. But the thing about dogs <laughs> is their sense of smell. Yes. They list, I mean, they see with their noses. Okay. Now, a bloodhound is even a most amazing thing. Yeah. They can smell. That's how they search for people. You give them the underwear sure. for a missing person yeah. and they can pick them up and follow. Well, we talked about smelling out cancer. They yeah. can do it. Yes. And? Well, okay. So COVID. Dogs are really sensitive and can smell out COVID mm-hmm. with a 94% accuracy. That yes. is amazing. We talked about this several weeks ago. It's again, now again in the, it, yeah. it's in the popular press. But we can you're compare telling it now, me, yeah, we can. We can. Okay, so the test that I do is yeah. the the probe, the swab up the nose, yes, and then you test it for the genetic material of the COVID. When you have first gotten it on day one, it's about a ninety nine point nine percent accurate. Yeah. Okay? By day four, it's only sixty seven percent accurate. So right. If you had this, this, the symptoms, you may not have a true positive <laughs> test. You may have a false negative test. All right. Doggies, they've just done the studies. Ninety-four percent accurate at sniffing out COVID. You know what? They, you know how they what they do when you have COVID. You know, the dogs they bark twice. No. Yeah. Roof means you're negative, and roof means you're positive. It's digital. That's amazing. Or, no, I'm kidding. I don't know what they've trained them to do. Maybe oh, shake okay. your hand or fall on the ground and play dead or whatever. That would be terrible. Yeah. But it's amazing. And I think that instead of lining up at CVS yes. 50 cars back and waiting yep. a week for your test, what you'll do is they'll have a doggy. Yep. And you'll walk up and breathe in the doggy's face. And if he doesn't drop dead no, nope. because your breath is so bad, he'll tell you if you have COVID. <laughs> Amazing. 
And if the dog ever wound, you know, like wanders away, just get a bag of chips and crinkle the cellophane. Yeah. And they'll be right to What it. I do is I shake the treat bag. Yes. Just shake the bag and they you can never, hear that. Your dog is never lost. Yeah. Thank you very much for listening. Be here next week. This is Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.